0: Hi, it's Michelle. Thank you for joining me for this segment of the Holy Spirit You Channel podcast. One of the things that we fail to realize as as those of us that are true believers in the faith, in Jesus Christ, and I mean that with all sincerity, true believers, and I'm going to tell you how we know whether or not we are. But one of the things we miss if we are true believers in Jesus Christ, in The fact that he took our sin to the cross, nailed it to the cross, died, buried, conquered death, and rose again in victory, ascended and was set down at the right hand of the Father, then had, by virtue of his accomplishments, had Holy Spirit poured out into us for the express purpose of making us like Christ. So there is a direct correlation between Christ doing what he did in the earth ascending back into the heavens and then pouring out his spirit, a measure of his spirit to us because he knew that we would not be able to do what he was asking us, instructing us to do, and what he had demonstrated before us without the same spirit that he had operated by when he was here and that that, that defines him. So the problem that we have because we don't understand our own spirituality. Although we want to lay claim to Jesus' exploits, we don't understand that it's all accomplished spiritually. It is manifested physically, but it is accomplished spiritually. That's why he says when you confess and believe, the believing part, not the doing part, is what makes us or puts us in a position to become like Christ, because believing will also help us understand that we are not Christ, although we seek to be like him. That being said, one of the greatest challenges we have as human beings is the fact that we can seem like we are God. We can feel like we are God. But in fact, and, and what that causes us to do, Jesus said avoid the leaven of the Pharisees. The leaven of the Pharisees is self-righteousness. Righteousness, knowledge puffs it up, but love builds up. What he is saying there is if you are self-righteous, if you are puffed up in your own knowledge or in even who you think I am, that's not kingdom. That's, that has nothing to do with me. But when you operate in love, not only do you get built up, but everyone you come in contact will get built up because love will, will humble us to a place where Jesus by his spirit can operate through us to win the souls of others, to win over other people. Jesus didn't come to shame us. He came to remove shame from us. But if we insist, on continuing to perpetuate foolishness, then, then it, it, we don't understand that Jesus has obligated himself to those who obey him. The promise is to obedience. The promise is to, and Abraham believed and it was counted as righteousness. But it also goes on to say, belief, faith. Without the works of faith, not just works, works that exemplify faith, works that manifest kingdom, works that demonstrate obedience, that's what was counted to Abraham for righteousness. It wasn't just That abraham has faith and then he could go off and do whatever he wanted to do say whoever he whatever he wanted to say treat people any any way that he wanted to treat them and that nope that's not what it's saying it's all one what i believe illuminates my soul my emotions my thoughts my psyche all of that gets illuminated by what i believe and what i what it comes out of my soul is what drives my behavior my speech out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so what i believe what you believe drives your behavior how you speak how you act how you think that's why jesus said you look on the outside but i'm looking at the inside i'm looking at your thought process because i can tell you by what you think how you're going to behave so you can offend technically We don't offend Jesus when we act. We don't grieve Holy Spirit when we act. We grieve Holy Spirit when we refuse to submit to the leading of Holy Spirit. That is a belief and a thought process tied together. We also fail to realize that the kingdom is about one of the fruit of love, One of the fruit of the Spirit, love, and then it delineates what love looks like. One of the fruit of self-governance, self-control. Unfortunately, in the church, as much as we use the name of the Lord for our own purposes, what we don't understand, first of all, is that Jesus will not violate himself. The original covenant was between the Father and the Son. Then that covenant came down to earth. And is now we are now part of that covenant by the mercy and grace of God. What we don't understand and what we have deceived ourselves and others into believing is that God is going to violate himself on our behalf. If you read the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, he says, I've already given everything I've got. I gave you my only son. So if you choose to willfully sin after everything that I've done, then then your sin rests with you there's nothing else to give one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control for those of us who truly believe in the lord jesus christ truly believe meaning we are willing to subject our thoughts to allow our thoughts our emotions how, how we think our intellect our psyche to be illuminated by holy spirit to be transformed be not conformed but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that is not positive thinking that is a literal transformation by allowing Holy Spirit to go in there and straighten out some thought processes spiritually from a spiritual perspective that cause us to think differently and therefore act differently one of those things is self-control we have deceived ourselves and deceived others into thinking that our role as the quote unquote church, the alleged church is what I'm going to call us today, is that our role is to control other people. Our role is to control the behaviors and thoughts and actions of other people. That's not a fruit of the Spirit, by the way. The fruit of the Spirit is self control. So, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in his own name, has established that benchmark that is the standard because he says if you take my name don't take my name in vain if you take my name you better bear my fruit and my fruit is listed in Galatians 5 and 23 22 and 23 we don't talk about it in this context we like to talk oh yeah the fruit of the spirit what he's saying is don't take my name in vain don't use my name but not bear my fruit why do you think he calls us idolaters and adulterers because we like to use his name But we bear the fruit of another one of the fruit that he tells us that is the fruit of his spirit the fruit of his spirit operating in us is self-control it's love it's all the things that he did for us and when we don't do that he says you've taken my name in vain he's not going to violate himself just because we think we're special he says i sent you here because there are some things we need to do together and the way that we do those things you are nothing by the way he reminds us apart from me you are nothing i am the vine you are the branch so don't think that just by being a branch you are something he says you are nothing apart from me and yet every single moment of every of of a lot of our lives we think we're all that and more the gift is not greater than the giver one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control the problem the church has several of them but one of the main ones is the lack of self-control the Bible is not written to the world the Bible is written to the church and let me de objectify that the Bible is written to the individuals the members of the church it's not written to a body that has a name on the side of a building it is written to your body that has your name on it we are the temple of Holy Spirit that is what the Word of God says and if you believe in the Word of God and you don't believe that then you need to check yourself The challenge we have is we like telling other people what to do, but we don't like being told what to do. Unfortunately, the whole premise of the kingdom is that we're submitted. The whole premise of the kingdom is that we do have a ruler. The whole premise of the kingdom is that we do have a Lord. The whole premise of the kingdom is that we do have a Savior. So we like that part. We like talking about it, but we don't actually like doing it or being it the Word of God says in the Old Testament if my people which are called or who call themselves by my name would humble themselves and pray then pray so we've got humble then we've got pray you can't we can't pray until we humble then I would heal their land three vents If, then, then. If my people, saith the Lord, would humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about us. Then I will heal their land. Read it we have a lot of repenting to do at least once a day that's that's where I stand at this point we probably that's probably all we need to be redo- doing because yes now is a time miracles need to happen but I'm going to tell you that's why we're going to talk about self-control we need to stop trying to tell other people what to do because the Lord is not pleased he's not pleased at all. And we can talk about the second coming of jesus all we want he's not coming back for a whore he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle that's in the bible so we can't look for him until we are in a place not only that he's going to come as a thief in the night so he says just be ready you need to be ready. You need to have your lamps alight. What lamp are we talking about? He's talking about a candle. Well, we may have candles, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the candle of the spirit. What is the candle of the spirit? Holy Spirit. What is the oil in the lamps of those that were prepared and those that came asking for oil? No, the difference is I've been cultivating this oil. I've been cultivating and nurturing and 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 desiring and asking for the presence of Holy Spirit day in and day out with every breath so when Jesus comes that light is that light is there he can can see he knows this and he knows it anyway so there will be no last-minute commandeering of the oil he knows where his oil is But we really need to get beyond ourselves and get over ourselves and understand that every word in the bible is written to us individually individually are there exploits in there you better believe it but the exploits are in certain contexts and we need to understand that too any exploit that the lord does is in the context of obedience and when his people get defeated it's in the context of disobedience it's very simple we like to tell people what to do but we don't actually want to do we want to tell people what the lord has said and what the lord has done and this is what the lord is about to do and all of that while we are running around acting like a fool or several fools do not take the name of the lord thy god in vain that means we better be looking like Galatians 5 and 23 we better get it together individually because if we don't have it together individually there's no way it's going to show up collectively we have to stop treating the Lord like he's stupid he's not he knows everything we say this all the time oh our God is an awesome God well yeah I believe that I'm living proof that he is I wouldn't be alive without him and I don't mean that in a uh, metaphorical way I mean that literally yes he is awesome we say he's all-knowing all-powerful and ever-present well if you believe that then you need to check yourself because he's got your number already right he saw us coming he put us here knowing things about us that we won't even admit about ourselves the word of the Lord says confess your sin before the Lord and he will cleanse us of all unrighteousness he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness when you confess we're not even honest enough to confess we try to walk in the authority of the Lord without actually having submitted to him that's called self-righteousness not the righteousness of God when I refuse to humble myself but i want to tell everybody else what to do that's called arrogance that's called high-mindedness that's called pride those are all the things the lord hates by the way that's the leaven of the pharisees i want to look good and i want to tell you what to do but i don't have to do it do as i say not as i do That doesn't work in the kingdom that's not how it works that's why he then says many will come to me in that day and say didn't we do didn't we do didn't we do and he will say depart from me I never knew you why because what he's talking about is that intimate relationship not sexual by the way intimate relationship of us wanting to submit to him from a spiritual perspective allowing holy spirit to change us and to change the things about us that are offensive no flesh shall glory in the presence of god to to shape us and to mold us he is the potter we are the clay the relationship that develops out of that is what's key that's the knowing he's talking about that's why we're called the bride that's why there's holy spirit and the maiden's lamps were a light because they had cultivated that relationship and so in the cultivating of the relationship their lamps became fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller of the spirit of god the light of god god is light and in him there is no darkness at all so if there is darkness in us then that we should be asking holy spirit uh, Holy Spirit we need you to light these places we need to be falling on our faces in, in repentance and stop trying to walk around with puffed, puffed out chests of arrogance and self-righteousness because we have nothing to brag about unless it is indeed the Lord our job as ministers our job as ministers ministers of gospel disciples of christ i'm not talking about denominationally i'm talking about literally literally a disciple as in somebody that learns the ways of the lord that studies jesus take my yoke upon me upon you and learn of me that's called that's a disciple the yoke of christ the constraint of christ to keep the unruly flesh from doing things that it shouldn't do and learn of me. That's what he says. That's our responsibility. We like to look good. The love of money is the root of all evil, so many of us love money. But the role of ministry, the role of us as ministers, is to just really is really this simple what the lord did for us we're to do for other people i did a separate segment on this but i'm going to repeat this here it doesn't mean that we literally go jesus jesus already went to the cross what we are to do is to appropriate the cross to our flesh so that we can then walk according to the spirit meaning i don't feel like being obedient today lord But i know you took that unruly part of me to the cross therefore i choose to subject my propensity to sin to the fact that you already took sin to the cross therefore i can't walk in that anymore so i need you by your spirit to help me walk in the spirit paul says i die daily the Lord says no flesh shall glory in my presence that means that we should all be having a perpetual me flesh in the spirit the, the, the spirit of flesh let me say it that way the spirit of the flesh the spirit of our cardinality and the spirit of our sinless sinfulness should always be on the altar before the Lord because when we do that when we willingly say I choose not to sin when we turn from our wicked ways what we are saying then is Lord fill this place when he's able to fill a place, then what we're able to do is to give the love, the grace, the mercy, the kindness, the forgiveness that he gave to us, to other people. That's all he's ever asked us to do. I just need you, can, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed is your name. Your kingdom come, which it has in and through Christ. Your will be done, which it will be done if we submit to the leading of Holy Spirit. On earth, in earth, as it, is already, as it is already settled in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. That's not just the provision for the physical body; that is the provision for the spirit. The bread of life, the the word of God. And here's the key: forgive us our trespasses, or forgive us our debtors. Big word, big little word that most of us just read over, gloss over, like it means nothing, but it means everything. We forgive those who trespass against us, and that's how we say it. Leave not temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. We go, we just recite it. Get us to say our daily breath Forget our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Leave not temptation. We, we just say it, but every single one of those words carries weight. He says, It says plainly and Jesus was the one teaching or saying here's what here's what we're saying when we pray he says this is how you need to pray and in him doing that what he was saying was this is how it works these are the things you have to acknowledge these are the things you have to do unless you understand this basic context of prayer don't pray unless you're willing to forgive don't pray But not only don't we pray we are we still want to tell other people what to do according to the Bible that one we don't read and then we don't listen to then we want to debate about Holy Spirit and well we don't have all these manifestations okay fine then you I guess you all don't want to see a miracle because the only way miracles happens is by the manifestation of Holy Spirit so if you're going to dispute one aspect of the manifestation of Holy Spirit then that means you don't want to see miracles I'm gonna see some miracles So if the Lord says that this was a manifestation, then even if I don't have that manifestation, I'm going to be open to it. Who are we to tell the Lord who He is and how He's supposed to operate? Not only that, who are we to tell anybody else who the Lord is or how they're supposed to operate when we don't even listen? That is that's a witness, right? No, it's not, by the way. It is a witness, but not to the kingdom of God. God is love. God is light. And we don't like to have the conversations about, we like to ask people, how many souls did you win? Well, the fact of the matter is we won't ever really know until we get to, until we transition out and and Jesus lets us know or however he's going to do that, I don't profess to know, but I know at some point there's a level of accountability. Otherwise, those things wouldn't be in the Bible about depart from me, I never knew you. So it it also says that, What would the profit the world the whole world and lose your soul so clearly there are some things in the scripture that we need to pay attention to and they're in there because he's saying these are all possibilities so let's stop acting like just because we call ourselves christians we are actually christian let's stop acting like just because we use the name of jesus that we actually believe jesus or are led of the spirit Because Jesus is always going to be true to himself. He's not going to violate himself just because we choose to profane his name. When he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So who exactly do we think we are? He doesn't need us. He chose us. We like to say, oh, we love because he loved us first. That's not exactly what he means. He's saying that you have the capacity to love because I loved you. He said you wouldn't even know love if I hadn't loved you. We like to brag about it. It's nothing to brag about. It's something to be grateful for. So we need, I, you, we need to get it together. Either we believe the Bible, and what is in there is in there for a reason. Jesus is not going to contradict himself. There might be things that we don't have the capacity to understand, but that doesn't mean that Jesus is contradicting himself. So I'm challenging you. What do you need to do to be honest with yourself? Because the Lord already has your number. And if repentance is in order, individually and collectively, we need to come together and we need to make that happen because that's when the miracles will start. That's when the restoration will start. but this high-minded version of whatever that is that's we need to stop that because that has never been the Lord that has never been the Lord we try to walk in an authority we don't even have that's why it comes off the way that it does when Holy Spirit leads and guides it's just like when Peter Peter Peter's walking in the street but walking down the street after the outpouring of Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and people were getting healed in his shadow Peter didn't set up a ministry a healing ministry he was just walking notice in his shadow which means he was there was something lighting him up it wasn't Peter it was Peter's shadow what was creating the shadow was the light of the Spirit of God over him so yes it's impressive but it wasn't Peter Peter was obedient enough to to receive the power of Holy Spirit And I dare say even today that if some of us would just walk down the street in submitted obedience to Holy Spirit just to walk then the Lord would be healing people still in our shadow mind and mind you that the the shadow is generally depending on how the Sun was the, the, the shadow may have been behind Peter he may not have even been aware because the Word of God says signs and wonders follow What do they follow they follow our obedience and when we're disobedient it says they were taken into captivity right we live under grace but don't think that these principles they're shown to us in the Old Testament for a reason because they still apply spiritually and until we understand that this is spiritual we are in time is manifested eternity That's why you're born in. One minute you're not seen, the next minute you're born. Time is eternity manifested, and it just so happens for us that Earth is the platform. So while we are here, we have an opportunity to really understand, to repent of sin, to say Jesus is Lord. If that's what we truly believe if you don't believe it then just stop saying it if you don't want to obey just stop associating with Jesus because that's what he demands Jesus is not demanding anything of us other than to do for others do unto others what has been done what you would want them to do to you he says okay here I'm giving you forgiveness go give it to somebody else I'm giving you love go give it to somebody else I'm giving you mercy go give it to somebody else I'm giving you grace go give it to somebody else we want to walk around like after we got saved then he shut the door and now we're God that is a lie from the pit we are not we're not even little sea Christians most of the time but we need to get it together We need to put up or shut up. But we need to stop profaning the name of the Lord. There is a scripture, and I'll go more into this on a a future segment. But I want to talk about what it takes for us to be part of restoration and healing and miracles. The miracles that the Lord wants to do in our lives and in the lives of those He would bring across our paths. And our paths, the people He brings across your path are going to be different in many instances than what He brings those He brings across mine. Your platform or your sphere of influence may be a million people, mine may be ten. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care he cares what happens when he puts you in touch with people that he died for because remember he died for all so we don't get to say who's gonna be saved and who isn't he died for all that means we have to love all doesn't mean like doesn't mean agree here Michelle I loved you So it might be rough out there, but I need you to go love somebody else. I need you, when you were unlovable, I loved you. And so I need you to remember that. And as you move through your day, as you go to work, as you interact with your family, with your friends, as you go shopping, as you drive, as you do all of these things, I need you to remember that. And so when you encounter some challenging situations, I need you to remember what I did for you, because you're gonna have to do that for somebody else that that might be unlovable you might, you're actually gonna to have to do that for a lot of people they're gonna be unlovable but it's okay cuz you know what I keep giving you love every time you do that I keep by my spirit I will give you more love Michelle. I forgave you so every time you forgive somebody I give you more forgiveness that's how we're supposed to operate it doesn't matter how many people it doesn't matter whether you're online or offline most of us need to stay offline most of the time anyway because we're not representing the Lord properly we think we know a lot but we really don't know anything it's time for us to be living or should i say loving epistles we are love letters written to the world by the lord that's what we're that's why He says you're a living epistle you're a living sacrifice and a living epistle okay what's the irony of those two things in the old testament a sacrifice was something that you offered that was generally dead we're living sacrifices. That's the oxymoron. We're a living sacrifice, meaning he's saying you have to willingly lay down this flesh, this spirit of flesh, this, carna- this carnality, and you have to walk according to my spirit. You have to willingly do that. And the reason he tells us that is because he knows it's going to be hard. He says you have to be. You are a li- living epistle. Well, a letter isn't alive, is it? Well, no. He says no. I'm I'm writing my lover, letter of love. To the world through you the miracles will come and I believe they will come shortly if we are willing they are going to come through those of us who are willing but I would encourage us seriously collectively but first of all individually self-control is a fruit of the spirit not you controlling other people remember that and the Lord will hold us accountable don't think he won't just because he hasn't in an obvious way doesn't mean he won't he's he's not slow the way we count slowness but his slowness is mercy to us meaning I'm still giving you time to get it together I'm still giving you time to repent I'm still giving you time to humble if my people which I call by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and then I would heal. He's still giving us time, he's not, he's not late. So the way the miracles will come, and as I said, I'm gonna start this here, but I will go into it in more detail on a future segment, has to do something, something will go something like this. And, and it, again, the Bible is written to me The Bible is written to you. Yes, we can say it's written to the church. No, it's written to you, and it's written to me. If we call ourselves a part of the church or a part of the body of Christ, a body divided is no longer a body. We have individual members. The question is, will the individual members come together to actually make a body? It's not automatic, because he gave us the power of choice, and that means it has to be intentional, and we have to be willing, and it has to be something that we want to do. But you are not at odds with me, and I'm not at odds with you. Anytime we step outside of the the, uh, instruction of the Lord, we put ourselves at odds with the Lord. That's in the Bible, too. Maybe not in those words, but it's there. So anytime you think that deflection or blaming is accomplishing something, it really isn't because the Bible was written to you, for you, about you. Church. individuals, temples of the Lord. Here's how the miracles will occur. And Jesus went forth, uh, let's see, this is after the death of uh, John the Baptist, and Jesus was, was saddened by that, of course. This is I'm in Matthew, this happens a couple of uh, places, but uh, I'm in Matthew 14 right now. I'm going to start at verse 13. This is after, of course, uh, again, as I said, the death of John the Baptist. And when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence, I'm in King James, thence or from there, by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Now, mind you, so I want you to notice what Jesus did in his grief. He went and had compassion and healed other people. There's a lesson there, yes. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. This is so us, stating, overstating the obvious. This is a desert place, and the time is now past send the multitude away that they may go this is all us by the way this is all us this is exactly us that they may go into the villages now jesus was healing and having compassion verse 15 send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals so i need this is the stark contrast between jesus and his disciples his disciples then and his disciples today. Jesus is all about how can I give to them. His disciples then is how can we make them go do for themselves so I can take what I can get. You don't have to agree with me. It's still true. The difference between Jesus' disciples, Jesus and the disciples then and now, is Jesus is always giving, always finding a way to edify and to build up, to encourage and to make better, to care for, to heal, to restore. And we're all about send them away. They're getting in our way. They're taking up too much of your time. Make them go do for themselves so we can get what we can get. But Jesus says, classic, and I have counseled multiple people on this particular thing who come to me and say they. And Holy Spirit will say to me, no, this is about them, just like he did for me. Well, Lord, they, and he'll look, no, this is about you. I'm not talking to you about them. I'm talking to you about you. When we get this, when we get that one point, the church will become the body. The body will become the bride. Every time you're tempted to say they, doesn't mean they didn't do anything. Doesn't mean they did something. But we have to first be willing to look at ourselves. He says, but Jesus said to them, the disciples, they don't need to depart you give them something to eat classic us so he's saying he's already told them, what, and even in the instruction he's telling them what he's about to do this is what we miss the instruction is the setup for what he's about to do so he says no you do it you give them something to eat you're my disciples you see me all over here healing these people why would i interrupt this ministry to send people away because that's counter to the kingdom that's counter to the whole concept of ministry so I need you to learn to do what I'm doing you feed them he already knows by the way that they don't have enough to do it but that's exactly precisely why he gave the instruction Matthew 14 17 and they say unto him we have here but five loaves and two fishes, like he didn't already know that. Remember overstating the obvious? Moses and his stutter, Lord, I, but, but Lord I stutter. "Right, got you, Moses. I created. you I already know. He said, "Bring them hither to me." Basically he's saying, "Bring what you have, what you have, what you have, what I gave you. Bring me what you gave what I gave you. Bring me what I already know you have. Bring me the thing that I already know you're looking down on as not enough. He says, bring it to me. Or in the King James, it says, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples. He gave the loaves to the disciples. And then he gave the disciples to the multitude. There's a lesson in every single verse here. He gave the bread to the people that said they didn't have enough. First, he took what the little that they thought they had, gave it to them, and then sent them to feed the people that they were trying to send away. And they did all eat here's where the miracle is because the moment we become about taking whatever it is we have to serve others and to ensure that their needs are met not just their needs but even in some cases their wants the moment we decide individually and collectively that that is our mission and that is our goal to operate in that spirit miracles happen miracles happen. It doesn't matter how I think they ended up on the street corner. Am I willing to take what I have, what little it might be, and say, hey, here. They all ate. And they that had, eat, and they all, let me go back to 20, Matthew fourteen twenty, And they did all eat and were filled and they took up of fragments of the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full verse 21 and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men not counting or beside women and children and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him into the other side while he sent the multitudes away if we want to see miracles we need to change our position and our posture before the Lord we need to get off of his throne we need to stop making ourselves as gods when we are not gods we don't even we're not even doing a good job right now of being Christians we need to understand that the Bible is written to us individually we need to understand that everything that we're talking about is spiritual we need to take the Lord at his word and if we're not we need to stop saying that he's our Lord. By the way, we can't just take the Savior part. He is Savior, Savior of the world, but he's Savior and Lord. That means he wants every part of us, and he's always going to come for that part that we keep from him. We have to focus on the fact and understand that self-control, not manipulation and control of other people, not imposing our will on the will of others not wanting our will to be respected but rejecting the will of others none of that has anything to do with jesus let's just call that for what it is so for those that truly believe in the name of the lord doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter if you're thinking about it i don't need to know your name but if you're listening to this and you have any interest In truly serving the Lord, the Lord is really about people and loving people and helping people get to a better place and making sure that we use our resources, whatever we think that is, to help people get to better places. Knowledge puffeth up, makes us heady and self-righteous and condescending and cruel. Love builds up. My name is Michelle. Thank you for joining me for this segment of the Holy Spirit You Channel podcast. We need to repent early and often. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.